Well, hello, Heritage. I want to welcome all of you at all of our locations, Bandorf QC West, those joining us online, as well as those of you here at Rock Island. This is Easter weekend, and Jesus is risen. Yep, absolutely. Look. If you're a guest with us, I'm really glad you're here. You may very well know that this is the weekend we set aside to, to solely focus on the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. It's a wonderful thing. In fact, it's the greatest, most important event in all of human history. And because of it, we can live extraordinary lives. We can live life to the full. In fact, as a church, we've been having a conversation for about a month or so talking about how we move from an ordinary life to an extraordinary one. We've been calling it our Heroes series. And if you've missed any part of that, you can go to heritageqc.com and you can find the rest of the journey under the media tab. But for today, we're looking at how what happened that very first Easter is the key for anyone moving from an ordinary life to an extraordinary one. Now on your way in today, hopefully you received a sermon note guide. And I want to encourage you to go ahead and pull this out and use it. It's a helpful resource because it has scriptures and key points that we're talking through as we spend our time together today. And in fact, the very first line or the first fill-in in that sermon note guide is simply this, that our understanding is shaped by our perception. Our understanding is shaped by our perception. So how we see and what we see informs what we understand. And there are things in this world that are known, and there are things in this world that are unknown. And the space between the known and the unknown is where we live our journey and where we develop our perceptions. And sometimes that space can be a little bit fuzzy for us, trying to figure out what is and what isn't, because we just don't see things the way they are all the time. It's one of the reasons why Paul, the missionary and church planner Paul, wrote these words in 1 Corinthians 13, 12. He said, now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely just as God now knows me completely. We see things imperfectly. And our understanding is shaped by our perspective. Just consider this picture. The picture of this dress. Have you seen this? This thing went viral a number of weeks ago where people are just debating what color this dress is. In fact, let's just do this. All of our locations, turn to somebody and have a brief conversation about what color you think this dress is. Go ahead, turn to somebody and tell them what color you think it is. All right. That's good, that's good. Listen, what's really interesting about this is that some of you are, are just vehemently and fervently arguing the color of this dress, while others of you couldn't care less. <laughs> but it's fascinating because people see that it's blue or black, it's brown, it's gold, it's white. It's, it's really interesting because we don't always see things actually the way they are. We see things imperfectly. Sometimes that's because of a lighting issue like this picture represents. At other times, it's because we have limited eyesight. But there could also be moments where circumstances keep us from seeing everything around us and understanding it. Like when I was a state trooper, I was trained to function amidst what was called tunnel vision. 
You see, when there's a threat in front of us, a danger in front of us, our fight or flight response kicks in, and we can focus down in on the threat only, a weapon or whatever that danger is. And in that process, we can lose perspective about anything happening around us. And that can be even more dangerous. That's tunnel vision. So circumstances can, can limit what we see and understand. Even illusionists, when they do tricks, they play off of that reality where they use distraction to, to pull off the trick. See, we don't always see things the way they actually are. We see things imperfectly. And sometimes that happens because our brain is the one doing it. Let me show you this. You see this picture of two blocks, one on top of the other? You may have seen this before, maybe not. But as you look at these two blocks right now, as you see them, are they the same color or different? In fact, here we go. Let's just do this. At all locations, by show of hands, how many people think these are different colored blocks? Different colors as you see them. All right. And who, who sees them as the same color? Sees them. All right. Vast majority, nearly everybody sees them as two different colors. But would you believe me if I told you they are the same color? They are. The reason we see them as different colors is because our brain is processing the shadows around them and our brain is telling us they're different when they're really not. Not sure yet? Not convinced? All right, look, all we need to do, we just need to cover this middle section where the shadows are and we'll see that they're actually the same color. Interesting, huh? Pretty cool. But here's the deal. Our, our brain is processing the middle part and the shadows and it's telling us that they're two different colors when they actually are the same color. We don't always see things the way they are. We see things imperfectly. And when we do that in life, that can define our experience in life. If, when we start to process the, the middle, we start to process the shadows, the unknowns, the dark parts, we can really misinterpret the parts and pieces of life and faith and Jesus. Just consider the, the people who were involved in that first Easter morning experience. You have the women who went to the tomb, you have the disciples, and you have the Romans. Each of them had their own firsthand eyewitness experience. And as they processed it, they couldn't make sense of it all. Part of it was because of their preconceived notions, their preferences, their ideas, their opinions, all that fed into their perception. Their perception then defined their understanding. And then out of that understanding, they couldn't make sense of what happened or why it happened. And that's actually something that you and I can do on a regular basis in our own personal journey. Because there are things in this world that are known, and there are things that are unknown. See, we, we live in a physical world with a physical body, and there are things that we can see, but there are also things that we can't see. We are physical, but we are also spiritual. There is a natural and a supernatural. And because we know and understand that, we realize that there is really essentially two worlds the known and the unknown, what we can see and not see, the, the natural and the supernatural. And because of that reality, because we, we know there has to be something more, that we're actually even made for more, that we, we have a pull and a draw to an adventure to something more. And when we know that, when we feel that, when we understand that, we step into a journey that positions us to experience challenges and struggles and temptations, and hardships. And we enter into a season where there is this struggle. And as we continue through that struggle in life, we reach a point where we make a decision. 
Now, it can be a good decision or a bad decision. Either way, we make a decision and what we decide actually changes us. There's a change, there's a transformation based on maybe good, maybe bad, but we made a decision out of that struggle and now we're different. And once that is done, well, now we're positioned to go back into life, to return into life, but we're no longer the same. Our experiences now shape who we are. We're now different. This is the beginning and the basics of the hero's journey. Heroes and superheroes walk through this in their own unique way. Whether we're talking about Lord of the Rings or the Hunger Games, we're talking about Star Wars or Divergent series, heroes walk through this in their own unique way, but they all do it through five specific steps. Five steps. Here's what they are. The first is to know. To know that there is something more, to know there is a call to an adventure, to know that we need to step beyond ourselves. When we understand that, then now we're positioned to join. And this is where we cross from the natural to the supernatural. And in comic books, that always required a spider bite or some chemical for us to move from natural to supernatural. But once we do that, when we join into that adventure, now we're into that struggle. We're into those places of challenge and temptation, temptation and testing. And this is where we fight. And as we fight in that process, we get to the point where we, we selflessly sacrifice, we, we die to self, and we, we yield. And in that yielding, we're changed and transformed. And then that hero heads back into life, but now lives totally different. This is the hero's journey. Heroes walk it. We can pick any hero or superhero and kind of walk down through this journey to see how it plays out. In fact, let's just do that. Let's pick a superhero at random to walk through this journey. Who do you want to pick? Who do you want to pick? You say Batman? You want to use Batman? Okay, I, I guess we can use Batman. Let's go ahead and do that. So Batman, we know he's Bruce Wayne, right? Starts out as a guy who sees crime and injustice in his, uh, uh, impacting his family and in the cities he, he loves. So he's compelled to step beyond himself and to join a cause beyond himself and to join a cause to fight for right. So he does that to fight the injustice. He enters into a season where he, he has villains and he wages battle and conflict against those injustices in the city. And as he does that, he ends up sacrificing his personal life and his physical health for the good of others as he yields in that process for the good of Gotham, as he does that for the impact on the world, the reality is that he goes on to be able to live, he goes on to live as the greatest superhero ever. Oh yes, I did. I just drew old school Batman cape and cow. Listen, look. This is the hero's journey, but you don't need a cape and cowl to walk it. In fact, we go through this journey on a daily, weekly basis in our own lives. We know something. We know there's a need, there's a, there's a project, there's a group, and we join that group or project or a cause. And so we step into that and we defend that cause. We advocate for it. We stand alongside others in that journey. We defend them and we fight for what we believe is right. And in the process, we, we sacrifice some, some selfless part of us is sacrificed. So as we yield into that, there is actually a better world that comes out of it, that, that, that there can be life out of that. 
This is the hero's journey. It is simple and it's ordinary. But here's where this thing becomes extraordinary. When we start to understand God's power, His presence, when He becomes the thing that we chase through this process, when the supernatural impacts this thing, it blows wide open and becomes extraordinary. When we walk this, chasing after God, yielding to Him, fighting in His power, joining Him through relationship with Jesus, so out of our understanding and knowing Him, this thing goes from ordinary to extraordinary. In fact, your next fill-in is a statement that really just simply says that the ordinary becomes extraordinary by supernatural influence. The ordinary becomes extraordinary by supernatural influence. This is why what Jesus did that first Easter is so important. The ordinary becoming extraordinary. Just consider how he walked through this. See, Jesus knew the will of the Father. He knew what God was asking of him. So he emptied himself, became obedient as a servant, and joined the greatest rescue mission ever. And he stepped into a, stepped into a life of struggle where there was temptation and ridicule, betrayal and rejection. Yet he held fast to God. He depended on him. And he submitted himself to the will of the Father yielding to it to the point of death, death on a cross, but then through the power of God, resurrected into life. Because Jesus walked this thing perfectly, we now have the opportunity to walk it as well in an extraordinary way. You see, Jesus came once, but he's going to come again. Hebrews 9 tells us this. It says, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Listen, Jesus came once, he is coming again, and now we live in a window where we can live this journey. We can go from ordinary to extraordinary by the power, the influence, and authority of Jesus Christ. Just think about it this way. Rhetorical question, which means I don't want you to answer out loud. I just want you to think about it in your head. Why did Jesus come? Don't answer out loud. Why did Jesus come? Did he come to give us an example? Did he come to die? To, to pay the price that we couldn't pay for our sin? He did all of those things. But those things are not ultimately why he came. See, he didn't just come to give his life. He didn't just come to die. He didn't just come to give his life, but to give us life. To give us life. He, this is ultimately why he came, not just, not just to die, but, the, but so that we could have life, to live that upper quadrant of the hero's journey, so that you and I can live. And it's really his self-declared reason why he came, because he said it in John 10.10. 10. He said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the what? Full. Life to the full. Not just life, but life to the full. Not just ordinary, but Extraordinary. 
This is why Jesus is the ultimate hero. The ultimate hero. Let's go back to the basic definition of hero out of the dictionary. A person of distinguished courage or ability admired for their brave deeds and noble qualities. Now, typically that means somebody does something selfless or sacrificial or extraordinary for the good of somebody else. And you and I can all think of different heroes and different people when we hear the term hero. It may be a fantasy hero, maybe a sports hero, action hero, political hero, social hero. There are all kinds of heroes, but there is only one ultimate hero, and it is Jesus. And there is none like him. He is the ultimate hero. And here's why. You see, of all the heroes in the world, of all the heroes, he rose. Did you see it? (laughs) Not all of you did. Let's go back. Let's go back. Of all the heroes in the world, he, Jesus, he rose. Woo! This changes everything. When the women went to the tomb with the spices that first Easter morning, they encountered an empty tomb and an angel who said, he is not here, he has risen just as he said. He rose. He rose. The resurrection breaks that rule that says what is dead can't be brought back to life. It must stay dead. Jesus conquered sin and death. And because he did that, because he conquered sin and death, you and I can know God. We can know God through relationship with him through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, we can have relationship with God, which positions us to step into this life and into the struggle where we fight in his power, not ours, where we remain steadfast in the struggle, where we increasingly die to self and we yield to him so that he can in greater and greater ways bring glory to himself and we live in ways we never thought even possible. It's extraordinary. There are heroes and there are superheroes. But there is only one ultimate hero who actually saves the world. And that's Jesus. Because on that first Easter, he rose. And because he rose, we can live. And where this gets even more interesting is the fact that Jesus, he is Savior, he is Lord, and he is King. Jesus is Savior, he is Lord, and he is King. As the ultimate hero, he is positioned to move us to places we never thought possible. To move us to places where we think we cannot survive, where we have no understanding of what could be in our life. But he can move us to the place where we live and not just have life, but life to the full. He is the ultimate hero. And it was Mark Batterson, pastor and author, who really has a great line. I like what he says. He says, God doesn't just resurrect dead bodies. He also resurrects dead dreams, dead relationships, and dead opportunities. He doesn't just resurrect dead bodies. He resurrects those dreams and those relationships, those opportunities that are dead in us right now. Because he rose. See, because he rose, this isn't just a conversation about what he did. It's actually a conversation about what he is doing and what he wants to do. 
because he is the one who was and is and is to come. From ordinary to extraordinary. And ultimately, as we look at this journey, as we understand the hero's journey and what Jesus did in it, this is, this is at its foundation an issue of dependence. Expressed in power and will. So here's the deal. As we step away from our will towards the will of the Father, we encounter a bloody cross. And we have to, because we have junk and messed up things in our lives, and it, it, our lives, and it's a bloody cross that cleans that up, that we're redeemed, we're restored, we're made whole. What starts in a manger moves through a bloody cross. But then from there, it encounters an empty tomb, which positions us to receive the resurrection power of a risen Lord. This is what is extraordinary about this journey. You may have faith that is real, but it is incomplete until you move through the rest of the journey. You, have made a you may have made a decision where Jesus is your Savior, you've not surrendered to Him in lordship, and He doesn't reign in your life with His power at work as King. And if you've not moved through the entire journey, then you're going to get into the process, you're going to hit the struggle, and you're going to struggle. You're going to wonder why you have to wait. You're going to wonder why the pain. You're going to wonder why the difficulty. You're going to wonder if all of that is even worth it. And you're going to be tempted to quit and pull out. And you will not experience the extraordinary things God wants to do in and through you by his power at work in you. See, this is a journey that we, we actually repeat. It's not a one and done journey. There are issues and concepts and relationships in your life that God wants to walk you through this in increasing and deeper ways. And when we learn to walk this, we can do it in greater ways and in deeper ways. It's not one and done. But when we walk that journey and we are depending on him, we're stepping away from our will to his will and we're living in his power, not our power, well then there is, there is no pain, no loss, and no wound. No folly, no failure, and no shame that can stop it. The resurrection power of Jesus positions us to be more when we receive him, when we believe in him. And I think the question that all of us can wrestle with this Easter 2015 is how will we live differently because he rose? How will you live differently because he rose? This is, this is not just a holiday. This is not just a moment to remember something that happened in history. How will you live differently because he rose? In fact, there's, there's two things that I think are essential for us to understand as we step out of this time to really live fully into the adventure God has for us. Two things to just chew on and marinate in as you, as you spend time with God on your own after this. The first is just this, that Jesus makes us more than we can be on our own. Jesus makes us more than we can be on our own. By the way he lived the hero's journey, he positions us to fully, truly live. To live. It's in Romans 3, verse 22, we read this. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. 
No matter who we are, we can have relationship with God and life in Jesus Christ. Jesus makes us more than we can be on our own. And we can try to walk the hero's journey without him, but it will always lack the power to move from ordinary to extraordinary. It is the power of the resurrection that blows up the hero's journey. The the steps and the cycle, that stuff, that is good, but that's not the key. The key is Jesus. Conquering sin and death allows the ordinary to become extraordinary. And what Jesus does for us and what God does in response to what Jesus has done positions us to step so that God can do far more than we can ask or imagine in our lives. And we know from the rest of our journey that anytime God wants to do a great work in the world, he first seeks to do a great work in us. And Jesus can make us more than we can be on our own. And that great work that he seeks to do always involves this journey. Every hero starts out with basic abilities and qualities, but it is the influence of the supernatural that makes them so much more. How will you live differently because he rose? That leads us to the next and final truth, that Jesus wants more for you than from you. Jesus wants more for you than from you. I think oftentimes we look at God and we look at Jesus and we hear the things he wants us to surrender to him and we think that he just wants stuff from us to to stop doing and don't do and give up and and offer up and surrender and and we think it's all about what he wants from us. But the reality is that, that Jesus loves you more than you love yourself, enough to die for you and he wants more for you than from you and although he requires us to surrender everything to him, he offers us so much more of exactly what we need. He wants more for you than from you. And he's the one who gives life. He said it himself in John chapter 11. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Jesus wants to bring into your life freedom and hope and healing. He wants to restore those broken relationships and he wants to break the chains of addiction in your life. He wants more for you than from you. How will you live differently because he rose? He is a resurrected Lord. Through his work on the cross, through the empty tomb, you and I can be more than we can be on our own and you can live an extraordinary life, not in your power, but in his power as you surrender to him. You know, we've all made mistakes in life, every single one of us. But no matter how horrible you think your mistakes are, no matter how many times you have tried and failed, God still wants to do a great work in and through you. And here's the thing, as long as you are alive, grace is still an option. And you can start again in Jesus. In fact, it's on the back of your sermon note guide. The very top are three simple steps that begin a journey and an example conversation for how we can move into the process from ordinary to extraordinary. And if you've never taken that step, if you've never had this conversation, I want to encourage you to do that today before you leave. To take these steps, have that conversation, and to receive life, and not just life, but life to the full. One of the things about everybody, every person that Jesus interacted with and ministered to, they all had the, a basic understanding that they knew their need. They knew their need. And they came to him to join him with empty hands, asking him to do what was impossible for them to do on their own. 
And in a moment, we're going to spend some time in prayer, and then we're going to step back into worship. And this is going to be an opportunity for each of us to make a decision today of where we're at in this journey and what's going to happen next in our life. For some of you, you need to start at the bloody cross because you've never had that conversation with God where you've dealt with your junk, what's messed up in your life, your sin, the brokenness. You need to start here because the cross is the place that that stuff is healed and redeemed and restored. And you need to have that conversation with Jesus where you ask him to be Savior and you step towards understanding him as Lord. But then, because we're actually going to have a song that allows us to do this, to focus on the reality of the bloody cross. But this is Easter. It doesn't end at the cross. There is an empty tomb. And so for all of us, we're going to step into a season of worship as a church family where we yield before an empty tomb. We yield before a risen Savior. And maybe it'll be for the first time that you move from Lord to King or Savior to Lord to King with Him in your relationship. But maybe it'll be a rededication of some sort. And if you make that kind of decision today, I would love to know about it. I want to celebrate that with you. And you don't have to do that journey alone, this whole journey. And I would encourage you to, to use your, your worship folder, tear off, and just mark down, I made a decision for the first time or, or as a rededication to step into this journey where Jesus would not only be Savior, but he would be Lord and he'd be King. My prayer is that we would be a people who who with empty open hands receive the, the flood of God's love and his power into our life in a way where we can step knowing and joining and fighting and yielding so that he can lead us to life and not just any life but life to the full. My friends, the tomb is empty and Jesus is risen. How will you live differently this Easter because he rose? Because he rose. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to spend a few moments as a church family just talking about the realities of that first Easter. Lord, I love that you pursued us, you sent your son, that he was willing to go through that journey and yield to death, death on a cross, to ultimately live so that we could have life. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters as they process that, as they process where they're at in the journey. Lord, the reality is as we get into this journey, there are shadows and dark pieces, and in the middle of the journey, we can be tempted just to quit because we can't tell the difference between right and wrong, light and dark. But Father, I pray that you would speak today. And for those that need to step into relationship for the first time, may they hear your love and your call to that adventure. Those who are in the fight that are thinking about quitting, God, may you encourage them and bolster them with your power as they stop fighting in their own strength and try to fight, and I instead fight in your strength. And may we all get to the point that we yield before a risen Lord in an empty tomb so that we can experience extraordinary life by your power at work in us. God, I, I love you. I celebrate what you have done. I can't wait to see what you're going to do. And as we continue in our own personal conversations through this time of worship, May you lead us into our next step in this journey for your glory. May we now live differently because your son Jesus rose. I pray this in his name.